Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Hello, my loves. This is a very special bonus episode. I met up with Janelle Belgrave and Mecca Woods of Stars on Fire, and we talked for hours and hours about the inauguration, the chart of the inauguration, the astrology of the inauguration. And I'm so excited to share the episode cut in two pieces because it's so long and intensive with you here. You can also go over and listen to it on their feed. The podcast is called Stars on Fire. This is a slightly edited down version of what they've got, and it is a goodie. Just real quickly, let me share with you that Janelle Belgrave is a LAC. She's a licensed acupuncturist, an herbalist, an astrologer. She is also a clairvoyant intuitive. And when she's not commuting with the stars, spirit world, or sticking healing needles into bodies, she's planning for resistance and visualizing a bright future for the next seven generations. And if you've been following me for a long time, you are likely to know Mecca Woods because she and I co-hosted Stargazing, our digital TLC show that we did a couple years back. And she is the writer of a couple of books, Astrology for Happiness and Success, and the Cosmic Coloring Books series. After applying the principles of astrology to improve her own life, Mecca opened her own astrology coaching practice fueled by a five-year background in social services. Her experiences as a mom and partner and her passion to create positive change have fueled her work. This is a great conversation, and you can tune in tomorrow for the second half of Ghost of a Podcast meets Stars on Fire. So we are talking about Inauguration Day uh, which is scheduled for January 20th uh, at 12 p.m. in Washington, D.C. We're looking at the chart for it. And there's lots to cover. There's lots and lots of covers. So actually, I'm going to turn it over to Janelle because Janelle, you're going to give us an overview in terms of like what we're going to dive into in just a moment. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is an idea that I had because last year, I believe, or 2019, I wrote a piece for Dope Magazine in which I kind of said, back in the day, astrologers used to be pretty much the consultants for kings and queens, whoever was in power, kind of letting them know what the year ahead or what their rule would be like based upon what their coronation was, or what their inauguration was. So we're going to do that today. We're all looking at the same inauguration day chart, but what's cool is that we're all using different house systems. So I'm using whole signs. Mecca is using equal. And Jessica, which house system are you using again? Campanus, the furthest away from those two house systems that you can get, I believe. (laughs) Like the most different. (laughs) Perfect. So that means we're all looking at the same sky, but because of our different house systems, we might be coming up with slightly different interpretations, which is fine because I would think if if I was the president of the United States and someone was advising me and they had all this information, I'd want multiple views or perspectives to give me kind of a well-rounded idea of what to expect. Yeah. And, and I think it's also really cool to show like how astrologers use different house systems and how there is no one house system that's better than the other. I think it all about boils down to the astrologer's preference in terms of like what they see and what um, works for them. But where, as Janelle has said, you know, many times in the past, we're all looking at the same sky trying to divine what we can from it. And uh, yeah, I, I think having a well-rounded view of that uh, is really important. Mm -hmm. If I could just add to that, uh, 
emphatic agreement and also like in the context of 2021 being a Saturn square Uranus year it's I feel like really excited that we're doing this because it's showing that there's ways of being kind of different without being in disagreement there's a difference between something being wrong and being different Mm -hmm. and like it's just it's I just love it that we're doing it this way so yay yay us (laughs) So my idea was that we're going to go through each of the 12 houses um, and kind of talk about what we see. And I will kind of explain which each house means in mundane astrology, kind of give us an overview, I think, beforehand. And then we'll kind of get into it and see what we come up with, I think. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Can I just throw one? annoying thing into the mix mm-hmm. oh, sure. watch me go i'm gonna be a capricorn the whole time okay <laughs> just wait for it it's gonna happen um so so of course with the unrest you know as it is and we're recording this on on january 15th mm-hmm. with the unrest as it is i think it is worth naming that it is possible that the inauguration will not actually take place in dc yeah. And mm-hmm. that would change our whole house systems. Like it would, cha- it would change the houses. That's specifically what it would change. And so, again, I think that's kind of fitting with this Saturn Uranus square energy of the year um, and of the astrology of the inauguration itself is they might decide to inaugurate them outside of the Capitol to protect them. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's that. Yeah. They might also do it later in the day. Yeah. Um, and I think if I think about two hours after the 12 o'clock time, someplace in the two o'clock to three o'clock hour, the moon would shift into Taurus. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that we're playing with. So they could do this someplace else or they could do it after or before the time that we are currently using. And that would change a fair amount of stuff, possibly, at least the angles of the chart, possibly. It would change mean- meaningful stuff. Right. And I mm-hmm. think that that's an important thing and part of why astrology is sometimes really great for uh looking back (laughs) because Mm -hmm. then you know what time it happened and you can cast an accurate chart Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and so going into this inauguration chart we already have three red flags that are kind of ringing everybody's bells lately yeah and you know I, i definitely think that we should talk about that because when we talk about charts you know especially like um whether it's a birth chart or whether it's like a, a you know political event or whatever we're essentially talking about the energy that's baked into that moment. And with this this square, this face-off between these planets in Taurus and this these planets in, in Aquarius, I think that it really, and not only just in terms of this chart, but just thinking about 2020 in general, like it definitely is a year of really kind of being prepared for the unexpected or expecting the unexpected. In terms of what we're seeing for this inauguration chart, It really kind of ties into that December 21st conjunction between Jupiter and Saturn, um, where historically Jupiter and Saturn, when they do get together, they set off a new cycle. It's been said that it affects politics and it affects, uh, you know, presidents and things of that nature. And that it has been noted that the presidents who have been assassinated um, or who have died while in office, it was prefaced by the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction. Mm-hmm. Is, am, am, I, am I correct on that? You are very right. Yeah, okay. so there are, several, there are several signatures that tend to pop up in charts of presidents who do not finish their term. And in the June-July 2020 Mountain Astrologer magazine, there was an article by astrologer Steve Kinsman that points out what those three points are, which is one is the Saturn-Jupiter conjunction, uh, another is a void course moon, and the last is Uranus in hard aspects to the sun. 
Now, there have been several presidents who have not finished their term for whatever reason, whether it's sickness or assassination or scandal, whatever the case might be, and they've had a different combination of those aspects, one, two, you know, usually one or the other. But in this chart that we have, all three are present. Mm, mm. The only saving grace that I think at the top of my head that I can think of is that in previous assassination charts, which is what we want to avoid above all things, I believe, um, is that when Saturn and Uranus were in conjunction, they were either in fire signs or in earth signs. Mm. In the current conjunction, we're only in air. So hopefully that will mm. mean something good. <laughs> well, the one time that we did have so basically eight presidents, as far as my research has yielded, eight presidents have died. Of all of the presidents who've died in office, seven of them were inaugurated on or around the Great Conjunction. Mm. And one of the few times that that didn't occur was when the Great Conjunction occurred in 1981, which was the only Great Conjunction in an air sign that we've had before a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So that to me is also really interesting, right? Is that like um, data that we will eventually say like, oh yeah, it doesn't happen in air signs or was that a fluke, you know? Mm -hmm. I also, because I have looked into how they all died, the last two Great Conjunctions are the last two where they the presidents didn't die. And I think that's partially because of you know there's like a lot of reasons including we have more security now because so many presidents have died while in office so mm. um i think i think it's just a really interesting question that we won't be able to truly answer until uh we have a lot of retrospect mm -hmm. the i would say about the was it jupiter saturn and libra conjunction that happened in 81 yeah. this was under ronald reagan yes and uh which is interesting because he was the eldest president at the time i think when that happened right yeah. And I think Joe Biden has replaced him in that position of being the mm -hmm. eldest president to serve or will be serving. And, you know, he was shot, he was wounded, but he did recover. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. And he famously had an astrologer. I know. So who, listen, there was an astrologer on the team, guys. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I feel like that's a really important part of the story when we talk about this in air signs, right? It's, it's that he, he was probably advised yeah. that this mm -hmm. was likely to happen or a potential thing to have happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So, so hopefully we can be able to do that for the Biden administration because, yeah, we just want them to be able to make it through these four years in as much peace as possible, even though they're not walking into a peaceful situation at all. Mm. Okay. Right. So I guess let's get started. So in mundane astrology, the first house usually has to do with the country itself, its inhabitants as a whole, its general condition of and prosperity and health of the people it usually has to do with the common people. Uh, public health and the general condition of how we're doing. It's how we're presenting ourselves. It's like, you know, the ascendant, anyone else's chart. This is how the country will be looking with this Taurus rising with Mars and Uranus in the first house. So we're coming in very embattled. We're coming in hot and staticky and, you know, ready to fight and fuss. It's a little bit radical. <laughs> it's a little bit, it's a little bit crazy, but you know. <laughs> what is your rising sign? Because I actually have uh, Mars and Uranus in the 12th. I have, hold on, where's my chart? I have the rising at 14 Taurus. So do I, but Uranus yeah. and Mars are both at six, seven. So mm -hmm. so we're straight out the gate in, in like a different way of looking at it. Well, mm -hmm. it's funny that you say that because my, Mars and Uranus are in the 12th house for me too. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So you see there's going to, there'll be some differences. There'll be a little overlaps here and there, 
Um, but you, but yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Janelle. Sorry. Let me yeah. see. What did I see? So I was thinking with Mars and Taurus in the first house, there's going to be some some stubbornness. Um, there's also some measure of being well planned because I always think of Taurus like you know it's slow to act, but in that slowness, there's a measure of I've been planning and plotting and seeding and waiting for this something to grow. Mm. If the first house is afflicted, you know, these are some of the things that can really happen. So when Mars is afflicted by Saturn in particular, which is what is happening in the inauguration chart, Saturn in Aquarius is squaring Mars from, in my system, the 10th house. And it can be martial aggressive spirit. <laughs> mm. When it's afflicted to Taurus, which is which, which it is by conjunction in this case, it can be both at home and abroad with rumors of war, actual war, strikes, riots, murders, fires, assaults, ill health, and death from martial activities. Are we are we ready? <laughs> No. Nothing to see here, people. In, yeah. in, in my opinion, for me, I have this in the first house of this chart. So at least we can see it in the first house, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah. Which we're um, already seeing from right now. Go ahead, Mega. Um, no, good, go Jessica. You, you can go. Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's really hard to talk about the house without talking about the aspect as well for me, but I will say, you know, that Mars Uranus conjunction, it's very close to the seventh degree, which is, you know, not the tightest conjunction to the ascendant a person's ever seen, but it's, it's still from the 12th hitting the first. And for me, that actually has so much to do with these kind of like secretive plans that, mm -hmm. you know, people all over the internet are like tracking down these domestic terrorists and the yes agree punch punch kick kick bang bang you know mars uranus is explosive and it's fighting and it's also cops and military mm -hmm. and it is also because of uranus's uh placement it is also people from within those organizations not necessarily being on the side of the organization itself or being on the side of the people. So there's this mm -hmm. like wild card brought in by Uranus. And for me, the fact that it's, yes, it's, it's got all a lot of the signatures of first house because it's conjoined that ascendant, but coming from the 12th, it's the secrets. Mm -hmm. It's the, like, you, you have to constantly look over your shoulder. It's not quite knowing what's real. And it's also from my perspective. Um, and there's a lot of other things kind of re reaffirming this. It has to do with like the cult of Q and, and, you know, all of these kinds of conspiracy theories that have been fueling uh, the flames, right, Mars, um, through the internet, Uranus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I would definitely agree um, with that, because in, in my chart in the Equal Houses, I have Mars and Uranus uh, conjunct together. Uh, in that twelfth house, in the twelfth house being the the house of like secret, you know, enemies. Mm. And when I look, but when I look at that first house though, and I look at it and I see that Taurus is there, I it immediately makes me look at Venus, where Venus is located. And so in my chart, Venus is in Capricorn um, in the ninth house. I mean, you know, Taurus and, and, and Capricorn technically would be, um, you know, they, they work well together, right? On the surface, you know, we would kind of be like, oh, you know, well, they're, they're you know, they're, they're working together, maybe not necessarily anything to really think about. But I tend to think about sometimes like, you know, the easy aspects as being aspects that you sometimes really have to pay more attention to yes. than say a square, than say a conjunction or an opposition, because that can be the thing that can really slip right by you. Yes. And so when I look at that Venus in the ninth house, to me, it makes me think about like, you know, what people have been talking about, like the lawmakers, right? Because the ninth house is the, the house with, you know, the judges and the lawmakers and, you know, making the policies and things that we then uphold. 
in the 10th house, right? But then it's like, if lawmakers let these people slip by them and do not prosecute and imprison them, 12th house, mm. then we can expect that there's going to be more uh, terrorism, 12th house, you know, unexpected violence, 12th house, you know, shock and awe, like all of those kinds of things, bom- you know, explosions, bombs, people, and, and they did that already, right, at the yeah. Capitol. And so that's what I'm saying. That, that to me, that's what I think about that part, that piece there. Such an important point. I would also add to that, that Venus in the ninth, especially she's on her way toward Pluto, um, Mm -hmm. is also happening. But Venus in the ninth could also talk about um, money coming in from those places. So these people are Mm well-funded and well-organized. There's structure Mm -hmm. involved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. It's a big, it's big money. It's Venus conjunct Pluto. So it's a a good amount of money as well. Probably coming in from foreign, foreign places because it is the ninth ninth house as well. Mm. Um, The other thing I would add, so you guys had mentioned the 12th house as where you have Mars and Uranus, but I'm going to show an example of how whole sign still works with you guys, because even though Mars in my system is in the first house, Mars is the ruler of the 12th house in Aries and the seventh house in Scorpio. So mm-hmm. that's bringing in the idea of secret enemies, which is the 12th house, and open enemies and opponents, which is the 7th house. And mm-hmm. both of them being in the first house of the of the country is kind of like saying, you know, on both ends, you're going to be known from the secret and open enemy situation that you have to deal with that's very explosive. Can I just in- interject two things to this? One mm-hmm. is that I, I feel like for people who are studying astrology and listening to us and feeling confused how we could see things kind of agree. Um, there's like many ways to get to the pharmacy from your house. You don't always have to take the same exact route. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like right, you might cross right. over a couple of the same streets and take a slightly different route. Like that's the way to think about this. Um, if you're if you're kind of struggling to understand how we can agree. And then let me throw more diversity into this conversation of perspective to say why I love campus houses is because of interceptions. And in my chart, there's um, Aries intercept the 12th, which puts Neptune, Chiron, the moon, Mars, and Uranus all in that 12th house. Mm-hmm. And it puts uh, Libra intercept the sixth, Aries intercept the 12th. And, you know, when we get to those houses, I can unpack what that means to me and how I interpret that. But it feels deeply influential and also is relevant because we're still in the first house. And I have the North Node in Gemini in the first house in this chart. Mm-hmm. So it's to to me, it is like a a kind of a a different kind of route to see something very similar to what you were talking about, Janelle, around Mars in the in the first. It's this Mm -hmm. kind of like identity. This is this is our story. We're America. We're free. You know, like all this kind of stuff. We are all about justice and what we're seeing plainly, clearly in every direction is that that's not the truth. It's not you know, it's not being the truth, Um, but it's now more on the surface than it's been before. Yeah, mm. for sure. Agree. I'd also add with that Mars Uranus, the radicalization of police and military, because yeah. that's a big issue going into yeah. a new administration. You don't know if you can trust your secret service, your capital police, your officers or your military members. That's a huge issue. It is huge. Mm. And and also not to not to be a boner or anything, but watch me go. You know, <laughs> Kamala Harris's uh, track record in terms mm-hmm. of being a prosecutor. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. she's got a very, very problematic uh, track record. Um, and, you know, I, there's a lot of things I really like about her and there's a lot of things I feel very critical um, mm-hmm. about her around. And, and you know, I think there's, there is cause for concern about her, her track record <laughs> in mm-hmm. her relationship to the police and, mm-hmm. and to, yeah, yeah. to policing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, especially too because she's getting ready to come up on her second Saturn return. Yes. Yeah, and she has Saturn in Aquarius. Mm -hmm. Oh, so she's a big part of this story, Miss Harris. She she really does, and she has also that Mars Jupiter uh, square in her birth chart, which is just a little bit unpredictable. It's like it's defensive, or at least it can be defensive. So I think it's. Um, it is a part of, of this story in a meaningful way and in a way that we'll know more about, you know, as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go on to the second house. The second house in mundane astrology has to do with the national wealth, the the exchequer. So this this book that I'm using is old school. So and it's also from the UK. So if there's language you're like, what is that's because it's old. But it's basically the wealth of the nation, taxation, revenue, all places and activities concerned with money, money making, such as banking, stock exchange and trade. In my chart system i have the second house is gemini and we have the north node in that house it is empty besides from the north node and uh this gemini house is ruled by mercury in aquarius um, at 18 degrees aquarius in the 10th house and it's making a beautiful trine to this north node in gemini Mm-hmm. So when I saw that, I was thinking that possibly we could have some decent, you know, money making might not be as hard as we think it is, but I think it's going to come with innovation. Um, whereas that Mercury and Aquarius, we can't do the old tried and true. We have to break out of our norms and try something different to make money. Um, and Mercury is not too stressed in this chart, as far as I can tell. If anything, if anything is disruptive to money making, it's probably going to be because of whatever terrorism or whatever issues we're having in the country would be the thing that disrupts the money itself. And also because Mercury is ruling over this chart, I think some of this income might be revolving around writers, teachers, speakers, educators, science, literature, oh, literature, imagine that, and science, publishers, newspapers, clerks, traveling, post office, transit, and railways, uh, railways and uh, intelligence. And I think also because Mercury is in the sign of Aquarius, this sign is associated with human nature and the natural world. So I'm thinking automatically the Green New Deal must be a thing. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. has to be a thing. It seems to be the most formatted thing they have on their, you know, in their back pocket to roll out right away to get new jobs going to get people back to work um, and to try something new outside of what we've been doing for so long. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think for me, um, you know, I have the same, it's it's showing up the same. So the North Node is in the second house um, and Mercury is in the 10th. And when I was thinking about that, you know, second house in terms of values, right? And like what's important, you know, in terms of um, how we earn money and thinking about money and wealth and things like that in this country. To me, looking at that Mercury and Aquarius, it's really about people first, you know, because we're coming out of that, Capricorn stuff. No offense, Jessica. <laughs> I'm not offended at all. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. <laughs> um, but no, but you know, sometimes like um, the shadow side uh, of Capricorn can be very uh, capitalist, you know, and very like, you know, money over people. Um, and now that we see that that doesn't work because of that whole Saturn-Pluto conjunction that we had in 2020 and how you know, trying to put the business first or trying to put, you know, money first before the well-being of people is just not, it's not sustainable and it's not, it's not fair, it's not just, but it's also not sustainable. And I think that going forward, if we are to um, bounce back or, or rebuild or build something new or whatever it is going to be, then it is absolutely going to have to be a people first sort of approach. Mm-hmm. I like that. 
Yeah, I so I have the most different uh, chart here, and so so I have that that second house is got uh, Gemini on the house cusp, and that North Node is almost at eighteen degrees. The house cusp I have at almost twenty two degrees, so it's influencing the the second house. Although I wouldn't, you know, I'm calling it a cuspy North Node. Personally, I read it kind of a little bit in both. For me, when I'm looking at the second house, I know, and this is where I'm a 12th house Capricorn, um, so bear with me, but um, I know that it can be related to the kind of finances of the nation. I, when it comes to a nation, am a little more interested in the eighth house um, than the second um, for various reasons. And I'm looking to the second house for values, the values of the nation, but not just the values that we as a nation hold, but how we communicate those values to the Mm -hmm. world and Mm -hmm. to each other and the north node kind of that first second house north node in gemini to me has so much to do with you know there's no way to spin this fucking story you know we love to spin a damn story in the u.s but Mm -hmm. there's no way to, to to spin these photos to spin this story and whatever happens next you know on the inauguration and and after that um it will tell really powerful story that will shape not just our presence here but it will shape our idea of ourselves and other nations idea of us and that is again to do with the gemini on that cusp and kind of um within that for me what i'm looking at is our civic duty as individuals, like a real we the people moment, you know, what will we as people do in our communities for each other, you know, Mm, and mm. this is something that I, you know, I've been talking about for a couple of years now, um, when I talk about, you know, mundane astrology in the US, because will we turn on our neighbors or will we stand up for our neighbors? You know, Mm. this is this is something that's really been up for a long time. And COVID has brought it up in a more dramatic and obvious way, I would say. And, you know, kind of piggybacking on Mecca, what you were saying about you know the the shadow of Capricorn I think the the potential the potential and I'm not an idealist so I won't say what what is going to happen (laughs) (laughs) us learning the like of of having us see like the the peril of capitalism and the when it's when it's out of balance how terrible it is how anti-human it is anti-humanistic it is the potential is that it pivots us towards being conservationists both with the environment to Janelle's point but also in the context of how we police, how we jail, how we educate, how you know we relate to minimum wage and healthcare and all of these things. The potential of, of moving from all that Capricorn stuff and into Aquarius is going from capitalism to conservationism, like conservatism, not in a like left-wing, right-wing way, but like being a conservationist, like being caring with the resources we have and distributing them in a more Aquarian humanitarian way. Mm. And I have so much more to say about that, but we can get there to the, when we get to the Aquarius shit, but, but that's, that's my second house, my second house thing. And I will say that I would like to just prepare you both for my wonky ass houses are about to get wonky. So get ready. (laughs) Okay. Let's get, let's get crazy with it. Let's get crazy. Okay. Let's get crazy with it because you know, this is something that we want to make an example of, especially into the astral community. Like we, there's space for everybody to interpret. Like no one is more right than anybody else. Right. Right. Um, I would, I did want to piggyback on a little bit of this second house. Cause I was like, this might be the best house we got going for us, but we'll see. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
But um, I liked it because Mercury is actually conjunct Jupiter in the 10th house. And since he's governing the second house, when Mercury is conjunct Jupiter, it's usually good for trade, commerce at home, abroad and tr for traveling, railways, shipping, for education and literature, the churches and religion and philanthropic uh, movements prosper, legislation prospers. It favors peace, contentment, and prosperity in general. And for some reason, I was writing this out. I was starting to think about Pope Francis mm -hmm. uh, because he's been on my mind a bit. He's a Sagittarius, but he also has the moon and Venus in Aquarius. And I was thinking to myself, and we'll get deeper into this as we go along, that he might be kind of pulled over for messaging from this administration mm. because he's probably been one of the more Christ-like popes that we've had in a while <laughs> in terms and of- this like, is our second Catholic president in yeah. all of American history, which is a whole other conversation. I have to I have to pop in and ask you a question. What orb are you using? Because I've got Mercury at 19 and Venus uh, and Jupiter at seven. I have Jupiter at 18 and, and Jupiter at seven, but I'm thinking I'm going to keep the, the aspects pretty loose to sign because this chart is going to be evolving with this administration, you know? So even though I feel like since they're in the, the same sign and sharing the same space, Jupiter can lend a hand. So I'm going to use them. <laughs> All right. Like, okay. That's good. Use you. Very sad. Very sad. <laughs> very sad. I'm very Capricorn. Very overhead. generous. Like, yeah. We'll be generous. We're looking for generosity here. <laughs> that's real. That's real. I was just like, what orb is this? Tell me what world you live upon. <laughs> I was and, debating. And, no, and also too, like just you know uh, a little teaching moment so for those of you who are, are, are following along with us so like when we talk about like you know aspects and and orbs we're basically talking about the proximity of the planets to each other like the math basically that helps us to decide is this like something that's going to trigger or activate something technically it's the idea is that the looser planets are from each other it's not like the energy isn't as strong but the closer that they are together then it's a lot stronger so that's why we're kind of you know um <laughs> joking debating about that. Yeah. debating, Joke, right. <laughs> debating slash joking slash not at all yeah. <laughs> i'll say i have a tendency to to in general focus on a really tight or because of course i'm a triple capricorn um but also um when i did the astrology a bunch of research about the astrology of the voting rights act and um, you know, U.S. history, and I, I was a little compelled to a 16-degree orb, hmm. um, but I um, should surprise no one as a triple cap that I don't use just a full sign orb, although I, I get the wisdom of it, and I like what you're saying, um, so I want to agree with it. It's so Jupiter. Like, yeah, of course, you're just like, something good can happen. I'm like, no, honey, no, I know. nothing ever. That just... <laughs> I love, so can I just say, like, I just love this, like, the, this juxtaposition between this, this, this sad and this cap energy. I love it. Go ahead, go, it's go. good. It's really good. I, I mean, I love it. And I like to be reminded that not everybody sees things as grim all the time, because of course I do. Yeah. I mean, there is enough terrible things. Oh, okay. Mr. President, there's enough terrible in this, terrible shit in this chart for you to be worried about. We're going to, we're going to use Jupiter to the best of our benefit. Do you hear me? <laughs> we're going to milk them. So. I'm like literally knocking on wood. Oh my goodness. So I just want to keep that in mind as a possibility. Um, and I do think that messaging is going to be a big part of how we start doing new things in terms of our value system. And I think that's going to be a huge part of this administration is changing the story because we've had four years of lying and deceit and propaganda, and it's really taken a toll on the mentality and the heart of the, the nation, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We were in the middle of a great depression because ultimately that's where we've, what we've led to after all this time. So they're going to have to really motivate people to say, we're going to get through this, which mm -hmm. we very 
Jupiter, um, Jupiter Mercury, I think. Okay. So, so while we're on the topic of me being a boner killer, can I also throw in, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, I know what I am. I know what I do. We love um, it. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, can we also just talk about Mercury Jupiter if we are giving it a conjunction in an air sign during an airborne pandemic? A bunch of people who are like, I don't believe in masks. Masks are, you know, infringement on my basic rights. And now I'm going to get together in a group, right? So I think that, you know, when we look at this inauguration chart, if we are going to, uh, you know, really see that Jupiter Mercury conjunction, yeah, it could be a super spreader experience. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think that it's worth naming that, you know, the white supremacists have intention and plans, as far as we know, to across the nation in capitals across the nation in every state to congregate and and cause violence and harm, um, whether or not they're going to be able to execute that they have that intention. And I don't think they plan on wearing masks about it. You know, yeah. when we look at 2021, and when we look at this nation, it's really hard to separate COVID-19, you know, mm -hmm. um, and it's hard to separate the kind of unpredictability of COVID-19, especially since I don't know if you read this morning, I read that there was like the more contagious oh, yeah, <laughs> version the is, mm -hmm. yeah, the super bug is what is prevalent primary, it, it's the most primarily prevalent uh, strain in the U.S. right now is what I read. Um, mm. I don't feel like they really know, so I don't feel confident to say that. But but I did read that. So fun, fun, fun. Yeah. I will yeah. also add for your Capricorn heart, Jessica, that Mercury. <laughs> if I'm going to use Jupiter, I have to use the other aspects too. So Mercury is also in square to I believe at least a loose square to Mars and Uranus from the first house for me. Mm -hmm. mm. And this Mars square mercury talks about public excitement anger slander libel activity in courts politics accidents and travel discontent strikes uh, illness and death from nervous diseases insanity mania theft mm -hmm. criminal attack assaults on criminal activity so i'm thinking the mental health of the nation has to be yeah. a massive thing you yes. have to have to take care of it people are mentally broken after what's happened right yeah. Um, and there has to be a push to kind of take care of people otherwise they're going to revert back to more nonsense Absolutely. And I hate to piggyback on this, but, you know, if we're doing out of sign, uh, just like full sign squares, we also have to acknowledge that the sun and Saturn yeah. are conjunct in and Jupiter, of course, are all conjunct in Aquarius. And if we're squaring that to the ascendant of this chart and that Mars, Uranus, you know, I mean, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And then Mercury squared to Uranus talks about unexpected troubles, uh, complications, situations that develop out of nowhere. The government cannot, is not fortunate. Accidents, strikes. There's been a couple of situations for strikes, and I think we're going to see more of that. And then basically education and literally literary disputes and things of that nature, mysterious crimes. But I was thinking that if anything that does not directly benefit the progress of the public and moving forward, I think will be met with a strike. Mm. That's what can I'm thinking. I, can mm -hmm. I jump in on that? And mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I'm like a little bit deviating. So I'm very Aquarian as well. So I'm of course deviating from the plan. Um, but uh, <laughs> you know, when when you say that part of what really comes up for me is, is my intercepted 12th house in Aries. And of course, a bunch of planets in the 10th. And it really reaffirms like when we talk about like what is for the benefit of the people, which people, right? Mm -hmm. Because what I would say is the benefit of the people, I would say all the Q people would disagree with completely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, the, you know, the people fighting at the Capitol would disagree with completely. And what we're really dealing with is the presentation of 
toxic individuality, toxic white supremacy. I mean, there's no other way for white supremacy to exist, but like toxic um, masculinity. It's like all of these things are, are presenting themselves not just in the actions of these people and of society, but I think in the psyche, in the mm-hmm. subconscious of society. And, and I think that that is where these cults and conspiracies like Q have the, just a really good environment to, to get worse, right? Because, because people are pissed and they're looking for someone to blame and something to blame. They're looking for an excuse. And, and to me, this is a, a real, and again, you know, Uranus is present. There's all this Aquarius energy. It's a real cause for concern. And I, it makes me think all the things all three of us are saying, I think are fucking genius. I think we're right. <laughs> um, I don't think anyone said anything I think is wrong. Slash also, I look at this chart and I'm like, yeah, we could get a left, you know, some, some like left field, left ball, uh, swing left. What, what's that expression? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Uh, curveball, curveball out of left field. That's right. Curveball out of left field. Because the ball is, sorry, we don't, we don't watch sports. I know, I know. I was like, what was that expression? Like tee off? I don't know. Um, but we could get some sort of curveball out of left field and it could really surprise us what comes. Like it could be any number of things because of Uranus, it is literally that which cannot be predicted, right? It's a wild card. So it's, it, yeah. it is. And it's, and it's worth naming you know even though we're of course all three of us completely right about yeah. <laughs> we're right well, you, Mr. Know, I, you know i just kind of i would say just my adding my two cents to the the mental health discussion i mean in in my chart um one of the places that i look at when i think about mental health is the eighth house um mm. because i think the eighth house is a place where we tend to store a lot of our subconscious stuff you know i have we have the south node here uh, in Sagittarius and Sagittarius rules is in charge of this house. So when I look at Jupiter, to me, I think about how, um, you know, what Jessica was saying about like, well, which people, you know, um, Mm -hmm. do we focus on? Because, you know, and this is, (laughs) and this is the thing that was driving me crazy when people were talking about that Jupiter Saturn conjunction on December 21st and, Oh, you know, it's one love and, you know, harmony and we're ascending into the 5d and boo boo baba, which (laughs) not the boo boo baba. (laughs) I'm never, I'm never letting this go anyway. So, (laughs) so, the reason why, you know, one of the reasons why that drew me a little crazy is because Aquarius can be cold, you know, yes. Aquarius, Aquarius is not always all like kumbaya and let's hold hands unless you fit the, that, like, unless you fit the, the, uh, the look of the group, you know what I mean? And when I, when I see that, that Jupiter up top in my chart, Jupiter is in the, the ninth house, but, but it's still conjoined to the 10th, the, the mid heaven here. Um, I think about snowflakes, you know, like, and, and people who are like, again, like you see, like the, how how it's been playing so starkly across the board in terms of like, even just down to the justice, like when people were talking about like how people were like walking out of the Capitol, like they had just went on a tour as opposed to being like tackled to the ground or even, you know, shot mm-hmm. um, on, on the spot, the way that people who were protesting uh, on behalf of Black Lives Matter um, you know, was. And so, yeah, um, I, I do definitely think about like that being embedded, like this idea of like, we're more special than, than the other people uh, being embedded into the psyche and how that definitely needs to come out of the eighth house, you know, or, or at least be confronted, you know, because when I think about eighth house, I think about things that we need to confront head on 
and drag out into the open um, mm-hmm. if we are going to do anything about it. And, 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 and those, these, these phrases that I hear, oh, that's not who we are. This is exactly <laughs> who like, we the fuck are. <laughs> like, have you Can met? we take a moment to talk about that? I mean, I think that's such an important thing to really unpack because this is like, you know, as a person, as an astrologer, all the things, but it's like when, when you do something wrong, when you do something, you say, this is not who I am. That is a problem, right? And when we mm-hmm. see evidence of something, and again, maybe I sound like a Capricorn, but when we see evidence of something, we say, this is not real. This is not true. This cannot be. That is a problem with our own psyches, right? That is mm-hmm. really a deep problem with our own psyches. And if we learn nothing from that tragedy of all that Capricorn energy we've just come out of is what shows up on the material level. We need to accept that it's there so that we can change it when it needs mm-hmm. to be changed. Mm-hmm. 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 Absolutely. 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 It's, yeah, such an important thing. Yeah. I will offer this. In terms of Aquarius, we know that can, Aquarius can be cold. However, I do think it can still be a sign of wisdom, as we know, and also idealism. So in terms of, you know, what do the people need? What do all people need? All people need food, they need water, they need shelter, and they need a little bit of something in the bank to hold them over, right? If we can at least start there, maybe optimistically we can sway some of these QAnons to be like you know our reality is not that bad like <laughs> maybe you'll like a little bit of comfort in your life maybe you don't have to fight that hard maybe we'll give it to you and maybe you'll feel a little bit better about not being ostracized and left out possibly mm-hmm. we'll, we're mm-hmm. part of the group now right collectively we're taking care of each other ideally but we'll see how that pans out right <sighs> are we ready to move on to the next house yes <laughs> let's do it okay third house it usually talks about inland transit, communications, railways, roads, river traffic, motor cars, all means of disseminating news and information, post offices, telephones, newspapers, magazines, literary work, and education. And in my house system, I have cancer on the third house cusp. We have the moon in Aries in the 12th house, and it went void square to Pluto. And when you see this in a chart, when the moon is afflicted, there may be there may be an increase in crime in hospitals, prisons, charitable movements. There might suffer some lack of support. We're already seeing that right now. The hospitals are overwhelmed and underfunded. Um, hostile crit- criticism or scandals. Uh, the masses, the aged poor, suffer through want and sickness, and the country may be in danger of plot of secret enemies. And I was thinking that because this is the third house cusp being led by the the moon in the 12th i'm thinking there might be terror plots or you know some sort of violence that happens on transportation whether it's you know planes or trains or buses or cars whatever the case might be um, we have to be very wary about and i also i'm also thinking that we have to really think about infrastructure too with all of this third house complication that we're seeing Mm. One thing I want to throw into that third house conversation, though, because I know you're you're kind of using maybe uh, old school reference, is that the third house is also DMs, it's mm. texts, mm. emails, right? So mm. in the modern world, we have to we have to add those um, doohickeys in there, and we already saw that a lesbian in Austria hacked Parler and downloaded all the information from all these white supremacists <laughs> and gave it to the FBI, right? right like right. we are really talking about also like how how is it that people or organizing on both all sides of you know issues we, we organize online especially in the context of COVID but anyways we were doing that and I think when we look at 
the third house, we, we need to really acknowledge, you know, cybersecurity is part of the issue here for better or for worse, whatever mm-hmm. side you're on. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, there's, there's how we communicate. It could be, it doesn't have to be a material attack. It could be a cyber attack. Mm-hmm. It could be people being hacked or power going down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, there's like a variety of ways. And I think, it's also worth naming just to like piggyback on all these really important points you're making, Janelle, is that, you know, we already know Russia was involved in Trump getting elected to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. We know that there is Russian interference. And I am very much of the mind that January 12th of 2020, you know, what the Trump administration did uh, in Iran, we've not seen the consequences of it. And mm-hmm. I really feel that as we are approaching um, that Pluto return, when when Pluto hits 26 degrees of Capricorn, so it becomes one degree off of the U.S.'s Pluto, we're going to see more international stage drama. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, this inauguration chart is is to me kind of like part of that larger cycle of vulnerability because the U.S. is not great on cybersecurity. We're just not great at that. Um, and I don't know if that's on purpose or if that's not, but but I think that we're going to see more and more consequences of that. To me, I think it's it it speaks to like the um, the hubris of American policy in terms of like it can't happen here. Mm-hmm. You know, like it'll never happen here. We're too big. We're too tough. You know, no one's going to try it, but. You know, even even in the chart that I have, you know, with the moon being in charge of the third and the moon is also in the 12th, you know, I'm thinking about the, you know, answering to Mars. Mars is, is, is ruled by this Venus, which, and then I have a very packed ninth house here um, in my chart. And that to me speaks to, um, you know, international affairs, absolutely, you know, dealing with people and uh, foreign governments and things of that nature. And so, yeah, yeah, I think, I think, <laughs> I feel like we have to, we got to watch on, on all sides, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll just we got to watch our sixes, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I, I'm, I, I was a ninja in a past life, but anyway, go ahead. <laughs> it's, we love that. I'll just throw in one more thing because I have um, the third and the, uh, yeah, the third and the fourth house both um, have cancer on the cusp. And so I'm looking to that moon in that anaerobic degree of Aries, that 29th degree of Aries, that is so uh, intense and important and explosive. And we saw that January 6th attack um, on the Capitol was when Mars was at that same degree, right? Mm-hmm. So we have this reiteration of this same very important degree. For for me, you know, looking at Cancer on the house cusp of these two signs, and I'm sure that neither of you have that, but um, in my chart it really reaffirms not just a reiteration of violence. And unfortunately, everything about this chart to me suggests violence um, of all kinds, but it doesn't only suggest violence. It's also about the kind of boiling emotions that have been long developing and that have very much to do with that kind of like Aries, Mars, mask, uh, like toxic masculinity energy um, that like, I shouldn't have to compromise. I should get what I want. I should get it on my terms. Um, mm. That kind of an energy, which I don't think is all of Aries. It's just like the shit side of Aries. Um, and I think that there's the, the real potential for that not only being something that influences the the hearts and minds of of this nation you know and Mm -hmm. of of everyone but also it i think will have a catalyzing mobilizing motivating impact on people um 
for better, worse, and all of it, you know, for all of it, because this is going to trigger massive emotions. As we know, that final degree of any sign is, is an explosive one. And for me to see an iteration from that Mars at 29 degrees of Aries, now a moon at 29 degrees of Aries in two very important charts is a great honestly cause for concern and to see cancer on both the third and the fourth house cusp is not soothing for my already tweaked out nervous system mm. <laughs> well you know what speaking of nervous system i'll just i'll, I'll just want to add one last thing around that because i was thinking about this um with that cancer ruling the third and i'm thinking about and and i feel like i this has always might been my ministry for for a while um of like being blitzed by the news and and you know just constantly like you know what people call like doom scrolling and and like while i think it's important for us to be aware of uh what's going on and to not completely like tune out i do think that you know for the sake of our own health and well-being and to uh, take care of our nervous systems and uh ourselves in general i definitely think that this chart also kind of speaks to like being very mindful of like being too tapped in you know or too plugged in and looking for information or having conversations that are a little bit more soothing than you know just kind of fanning fanning the flames or or, or and, and I would also say to you on the other on the other half of that when we think about community you know this Aries moon to me thinks about like you know kind of protecting one another so again you can't just be one person or one group of people you know fighting about the the same thing it really is a it, to me it just really reiterates that you know all hands on deck situation that we're in right now Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing I was thinking of pointing out is that because this moon is at 29 Aries, eventually it's going to cross into Taurus, right? If we were to progress this chart forward, the moon would move into Taurus on February 18th of 2021. And I think that will shift the energy a little bit, not necessarily for the better because Mars and Uranus is right there, but <laughs> I'm just letting you guys know that's going to happen. And eventually the moon is going to have a little bit more power in her exalted position. Um, for better or for worse. However, when she does meet up with Mars, it again reiterates riots, outrage, murder, bloodshed, mm-hmm. accidents, explosions, fires. A martial spirit will be abroad and cause unrest. Army and Navy will be the source of some trouble. Navy seals, military in riots and deaths. So again, we're already seeing some of this, right? We don't even know which members of our military and police departments and whoever are actually you know, patriotic to the government. <laughs> of, you know, the ones that are coming in, right? The ones who didn't show up at the Capitol to start this mess. We don't know who's who and who's trustworthy. And that's going to be a big problem for this administration. Yeah. Throw them all out. Throw them all out. Throw them all out. (laughs) I mean, can I just take a moment to appreciate how you're caressing the chart and then giving us bad news? I really appreciated that so much. (laughs) Um, Let's just caress this chart into something more tragic. Let's see what happens. I am so here for that as a Capricorn, just, I mean, just for the record. In the future. In, so again, that moon is going to keep forward, moving forward past uh, Taurus. Eventually, it's going to get past that Mars Uranus. And eventually, I think that's going to be in the summer of this this coming year. So I think once we get to like late summer, August, September, October is when things start to cool down a little bit. Right um, after that, that little boop in from Jupiter in Pisces. I think that's May through July. Mm. Um, I do expect also from that. I mean, this is the fun thing about astrology is that there's so many things that kind of, again, point us in the same direction. Um, Mm. And I do imagine things will change. Again, I'm not confident that it'll be for the better, but um, things will change Mm -hmm. after that (laughs) that transit. (laughs) 
Learn about colonialism, past, present, and ongoing. Educate yourself about whose land you're living on, and if you can, make a monetary donation or pay a land tax to that tribe. Visit our native land at native-land.ca. The link is in show notes. All right, next up, we have the fourth house, and the fourth house has to do with land, the owners of it and workers of it, the crops and produce of the land, mines, buildings, the people as contrasted with the monarch or president. Here in my chart, I have Leo on the cusp. It is an empty house. And what was interesting to me was that the part of fortune is in this house. I had the part of fortune at 12 degrees of Leo. That fourth house for me is ruled by the sun in Aquarius um, in the 10th. And if afflicted, you know, the people may suffer or be discontented with troublesome questions arriving from the affairs of, you know, the house that this is in charge of. So basically there might be a lot of issues around how things are being led. So obviously from either side of the equation, whether it's the left or the right, I think this administration is pretty much embattled. But I would advise for this administration of really seriously thinking about this country needs a break. It needs a rest. I'm almost like, I almost wish you can do like a month long vacation for everybody just to stay home. And maybe that will happen now that we're going to get some actual aid. Maybe there will be a forced stay at home order to get people to kind of relax, you know, recuperate and hopefully get this virus down because I keep forgetting we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Mm. Because of that Saturn Uranus square, I just don't see us getting a break because the energy itself is earthquake, earthquake, earthquake. You know, it's like Mm. when's the next aftershock, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. Um, though I, I like your version. I want to. I want a break. Better. Let's have garden let's parties. More version. <laughs> let's pretend everything that we're you know. Let's just be on the Titanic and pretend that everything's like not sinking, right? That's like that's the move. Let's do that. Okay, I'm down. That'd I'm down. Music. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, if we're thinking about Aquarius, um, being like you know, unconventional, <laughs> the unconventional thing is like everybody stay home, and we get, you know, more of the um the stimulus check so people can't afford to stay home and not be, you know, putting their lives and their families at risk mm-hmm. and, you know, taking a break off, but we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I was also thinking of infrastructure. Like you said, earthquakes, Jessica, like, I think mm-hmm. that's going to be a big thing as we get deeper into these squares that, you know, parts of the country are going to be rocking and rolling at certain points. And that's really going to mess up our fourth house infrastructure. If yeah. the roads, if the infrastructure, the foundations of our homes are disrupted from natural disaster. Yeah. And when we talk about infrastructure in the U.S., you know, we're also talking about like we're talking about disability rights, aren't we? We're talking about like the accessibility of our healthcare system and to who and when and under what conditions. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a really important thing. It just the ADA, I think, just had its Saturn return. And also I look at the fourth house and I, I think of it as in the in the context of this chart, our feelings as Americans about nationalism. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's like two ways of looking at nationalism from from the fourth and the 10th house. I think it's valid to look at them from both houses in different ways. And I also have this house as, um, you know, empty, but cancer on the fourth house cusp. And so, again, it's there's a lot of anger, a lot of defensiveness for a lot of Americans around our identity, around what we are doing, about what our government is and isn't doing. And I think that this is just going to continue to boil and roil um, throughout the year and potentially throughout this presidency because, I mean, of a series of things. But in the context of this specific chart, again, I keep on coming back to that 29th degree of Aries really, you know, and it is forming a square to Pluto. 
it, it, there's nothing chill about this square. There's nothing chill about this moon. And as soon as I pulled up the chart last week or whenever it was, and I looked at it, I was like, shit, I want to see <laughs> cancer on two house cusps. That's not what I want to see at all because, you know, we haven't even gotten to it, but Pluto squared to moon. It is a transit that triggers resentment and bitterness and mm-hmm. toxicity. When we're talking about the trauma of this nation, you know, the entitlement of, of people and the trauma of people, it's all in Pluto and it's all getting triggered at this time and it's coming more and more to surface. And I think it's coming more and more to surface in our hearts, uh, not just in public. And that's a really important thing for us to look out for um, when we consider like the human experience, the lived experience of what it means to be an American in 2021. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, it, it in on some levels it is important to acknowledge these things and 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 again, I can't help but to think about, you know, certain certain sentiments that I see amongst people who would consider themselves to be, I guess, spiritual at this idea of like, oh, you know, fear and anger is low vibrational and oh, you know, and it's like we can't spiritually bypass our way out of this. Thank you. No, can't love our love and light our uh-uh. way out of this. Not really. I just feel like it's really important to say, and I actually just said this on my podcast, but this idea that um, you are consenting to or creating something because it feels bad is, I don't know where it comes from. It's just bizarre to me. It's like, I brush my teeth, not because I find it fun, but because I know if I don't, I will have cavities. Like, I'm not willing cavities into existence (laughs) by brushing my teeth. Like, where do these, like, love and light, majoritively white people come up with this? And I think it is an an incredibly dangerous way of looking at the world, and it's a dangerous um, thing for people to do in spiritual communities. Yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't, it doesn't target or allow room for people who don't have the luxury to tune out, um, to uh, be able to, to get what it is that they need, you know, at the spiritual, spiritual level. And to me, you know, I feel like a lot of this and, you know, Janelle and I have talked about this before. I feel like a lot of this is also repackaged christianity of kind of like turning the other cheek you know and 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 you see and you and you're seeing that too like when you see like the people who support trump you know how hard they're going with the bible now you know and how hard they're going with like a lot of these phrases of like oh this is not christian like and oh you know how could you celebrate someone you know going you mean celebrate someone getting exactly what they deserve because they Mm -hmm. was doing fuck shit they were playing (laughs) stupid games and they won (laughs) stupid prizes that Mm -hmm. yeah I'm like, listen, Jesus flipped tables and he whipped money changers. Listen, he whipped well, okay, ass. Well, wait, wait, we, got, <laughs> we got to be a little careful with the term money changers because that means Jews. Okay. Um, okay. And that's actually a deeply anti-Semitic right, reference. I, I, I apologize. That's okay. It's good. But this is an important thing. and I'm glad it actually came up because Q is very anti-Semitic. And mm-hmm. these movements are deeply racist, very targeted at black people and at Jewish people very specifically. And so I think this is where we we do have to talk about these things and root out these things we may not know, right? But like the money changers reference, um, it, it is specifically 
about Jews and Jews, just a little quick history checker, were not allowed to have any role in Christian society except for to be merchants. And then it was used against them by kind of like the ruling class that they that they were like money grubbing and all that kind of stuff. And that's like foundational to anti-Semitism um, mm -hmm. in the modern world. But it actually was created by Christians because we were kept out of society and only allowed to do these particular roles. And it backfired on them because everywhere became capitalistic. But that you know that that is worth naming and i'm not an expert in theology or in global history or whatever but it is important to name <laughs> yes definitely absolutely, absolutely. Yes. so yeah. i will rephrase it as this then if it was about beating those who are taking advantage of the system and mistreating those in need right yeah. that's yeah. the main message of what i believe in my short term as a catholic that's what jesus is about i want to take care of those in need because they're the ones who need our care the most and not from a place of pity but because you're my friend you're my family you're my son and sister and my mother and my father who am i not to take care of you yes. and when you see people taking advantage right when you see people swindling or you know getting over or being harmful and using money to degrade and you know be damaging to people it's important to call them out and i'm thinking about student loans I'm I'm thinking about the massive amounts of debt that this country is in that no one can seem to get out of. And I'm thinking that that's some of the stuff that's going to be addressed because there's no going forward if everyone is hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. Yeah. 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 And to make it even, you know, more like in this like Mars heavy chart and this like Pluto crap, it's also looking at the school to prison pipeline. Mm. And how that is an extension of slavery upheld by this nation's government and governing structures and how capitalism is all wrapped in in this. Like, I think I think we're in this pivotal time. And Mecca, I think it was you who had mentioned the great conjunction that just occurred December 21st. There is a potential for us to change these systems, to truly change these systems. But it's going to take us coming together and caring about each other, right? Like mm -hmm. in a very material way. And that will take struggle and time. Yeah. I think the message that that this administration should 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 drive home is like how important, you know, um, it is for everybody to to come together and band together. But I don't want it to be like that syrupy sweet you know, superficial of like, oh, you know, like that like this like sort of kumbaya kind of thing where we are ignoring the deeply rooted issues and problems, the systemic problems that need to be addressed. I think Biden, this Biden administration would do itself a great disservice by trying to paper over the cracks. Yeah. <clears throat> and that they should, yeah, they, that, that, that's my advice. <laughs> like, don't paper over the cracks, man. Like, mm -hmm. yes, you can be, you know, we the people and, you know, should have that sentiment and, you know, community and let's build and, 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 and that, yeah, I think people are ready for that, absolutely. But I think you're really going to lose people if you try to, um, you know, smooth everything over. Like what I was saying, um, was it Lindsey Graham who had tweeted like, oh, let's just move on and heal. How? How, Sway? Uh -huh. <laughs> like, <laughs> how? How are we supposed to do that yeah. if we're not addressing the real legitimate issues and the fact that you guys were, 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 were seditionist, you know, traitors? Like, yep. how? How? And that speaks to what you were talking about early in our conversation about that Venus placement and Venus trying to the ascendant quite, it's one of our, our tightest aspects if the inauguration happens at noon. Um, it, it really is about, you know, how easy is it to say, we don't want to talk about anything bad, we just need unity, after you perpetrated all kinds of atrocities on people mm -hmm. for years, right? Mm -hmm. For mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. 
And I, I think that this is like this pretty talk and we also see it around gun violence in this country. Um, this pretty talk that we see, I think we're gonna see a lot more of it. And you know, who are we kidding? Biden is a centrist. He's not a progressive, you know, he's not a Warren or a Sanders, whether or not you like them, they're both really progressive. Um, this, you know, Biden, Biden is not. And right. I think that's relevant to, to what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, before we move into the next house, I just wanted to say that there was an update in the news that the NRA just filed for bankruptcy. <gasps> wow. wow. Oh, my <laughs> oh, my arms flew in the air and I almost <laughs> out of my chair. The checks stopped coming in. The checks stopped coming in. Is that yeah, what happened? I guess so. So who knows? Maybe we have some hope, some faith, some Aquarian, some future thinking, some progress. Whoa. Amazing. <laughs> and it's actually kind of shocking given that gun sales have gone dramatically up in 2020 as mm. people have been scared, right? But right. but not NRA support. Isn't that special? Wow. <laughs> Look at that. See, already delivering the surprises. Just delivering surprise surprise. that Mars Uranus surprise. Hmm. Also, Jupiter. I mean, to me, I'm going to call that Jupiter's good works. No? Okay. Yeah, I like <laughs> that. I mean, I'll, I'll take that as a win. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the fifth house. The fifth house typically does with theaters, all places of amusement, entertainment, and pleasure, the birth rate, children, schools, sports, speculation, betting, society, high society, and formal social occasions are associated with the upper class, royalty, and ambassadors through this fifth house. And for me, I have the fifth house ruled by Virgo. Virgo is ruled by Mercury and Aquarius um, in the 10th house. And I was like, well, it might be fortunate for school children and education, plays, films, novelties, all that kind of stuff could be a good thing. I'm thinking that after everything that's happened, there probably will be a deeper investment in children. I think there might be a baby move, baby boom in the aftermath, especially when Jupiter gets sure. into Pisces and everyone's hopefully outside and, you know, mingling, trying to copulate, <laughs> repopulate the earth, apparently. That's what we're trying to do. But um, I don't, I think it's a good placement. Only thing is that um, Mercury, the sign of Aquarius is only moderately barren. So I don't know, I don't know how much, how much children will come out of it. We'll see. I don't know. So it's interesting. I have Leo on the fifth house cusp, Mm -hmm. um, which on the surface might sound good. um, But because the sun is so closely conjoined to Saturn and it's quite close to even Pluto and the midheaven of this chart, I have a I kind of have the opposite take that this is going to be a continuation of intense restrictions for children and um, difficulties. I have concern and I have had concern about what COVID may or may not be doing to pregnant women. You know, they have not tested, as far as I've researched, they have not tested any of these um, vaccines on pregnant women yet. Hmm. So any woman who gets a vaccine, who gets pregnant, who is pregnant, we don't know. Best of luck to you, sir, is what they say. So I think um, there's a lot of concern that I have around that. Um, And I also do expect some sort of a baby boom, but maybe not these children coming into... um, fluid um, and flexible conditions because of that Saturn-Sun conjunction being so close. I I have real concerns about this. And I I will also add that I have concerns. I'm seeing this so much about like COVID-y stuff, but I have real concerns about um, young people being young people, being frustrated and rebellious and independent and not known for thinking of the future. They're not Saturn age, right? Um, Continuing to spread COVID and um, and the consequences really bearing on them this year. 
I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're right again. Janelle, I hope you're right about everything <laughs> and that I'm wrong about everything <laughs> that we see differently because I mean, your version's way better. I mean, I think there's room for both, right? I think we'll probably, like all things on our planet, we're going to see a mix of these things, right? We're going to yeah. see some light and we're going to see some dark. Um, and I also think that there's room for what you're saying too, Jessica, because if I go through by Mercury being an Aquarius, it's still conjoined to Jupiter and Saturn and the sun in the house. So, you know, there's some stuff going on in there. And then it's also square to those Mars and Taurus in the first. So I'm thinking in terms of the birth rate or things with children, there might be more violence towards children, for example, you know, especially with that third house we just spoke about being so active and kind of chaotic, you know, the schools are included in that too. You bring up something so important, which is, you know, there are reports already in light of COVID of so many more women and children uh, undergoing, you know, suffering domestic abuse, mm. um, which I hate the term domestic abuse because it, it's just abuse. But I, I think that that is already happening. And if we have a second year with schools, you know, getting messed up, I think we can expect that more. If there's, you know, if the depression lasts longer, I think we can expect the most vulnerable amongst us, which are children, uh, to suffer. So that's a really important point. I'm also thinking about uh, Mercury and Aquarius now. It just occurred to me, you know, some of the orphans, right? Oh. The children who are in isolation, yeah. who have lost their family members or are now relying on the community to take care of them. Absolutely. And, you know, it's. I was thinking just last night, and this would not fall under the fifth in my mind, this would fall more in the 11th, but um, people in group homes, it's not just foster kids or, or you know, kids in adoption agencies, but it, there's people with living with disabilities who are in group homes, and these are not the most supportive environments mm -hmm. um, on good days where people can leave. These are all things for us to continue to remember to care about. Yeah. Concerning, for sure. My, I guess the only, the only take that I have, well, two, two things, and um, this might deviate slightly, but I just think about that Mercury and Aquarius and Janelle and I were having a conversation about this recently, about the attitude, like the, the overall general attitude that the American public seems to have towards children. Like I have been, been making a mental note of how many times when people were criticizing Trump or criticizing, you know, the, the GOP about how many times they used references of like, oh, they're acting like children. They're acting like spoiled mm. children, you know, and and to the naked eye, it might seem like, you know, the, these are phrases that are common to use that we use all the time, you know, to describe someone who's behaving poorly. But for me, and I'm looking at them, looking at these phrases, it's just kind of like, you guys really don't like kids much, do you? You know, because like to use to constantly use this phrase of like children um, and in descri describing like this terrible behavior, I'm like, I don't know about you, but I know a lot of kids who are amazing and sweet and tender and they're whip smart. When I was younger, uh, my mom, who's an Aquarius, like we used to talk about this and, and I'm also a mother myself. And, and, you know, we also used to talk about like when when kids tell you things, believe them. You know, like, especially if they're telling you something about like something being not right or funky, or they're trying to like, let you know, like, mm, something is not up, like, pay attention to that. And, you know, this idea that kids are so dumb and entitled and, you know, all of these, these, these sort of sentiments that I see, I just, I, to me, I feel like there's no, it's no, it's no wonder why kids are the most vulnerable and why they're the, the one of the, the, the groups that are quickly left behind when we talk about, you know, policies and making sure that, um, 
everybody has what they need. And I really think that the attitude, going back to what we're talking about, like, you know, things that are embedded in the, uh, the American psyche, we really need to really think how we think about children. And, and, and when I talk about children, you know, I'm talking about teenagers, young adults, like, it, it just, it really saddens me that kids get such this weird bad rap and then people are so shocked that kids are getting abused and they don't have what they need because you don't think so high, you don't think highly of them. Mm. So important. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you say that because I was just thinking with the fifth house ruling ambassadorship, possibly, and for me, this fifth house being ruled by Mercury in the 10th, it might be time to change this idea that children shouldn't be involved in the political sphere. And that maybe there should be more teenage ambassadors and young adult ambassadors going around the world because they're the next generation. It's their, this is their earth that they're inheriting from us. And so it makes the most sense for us to put them out in the world and start planning ahead because we don't know what we're doing, apparently. They're already, they're already in the future. They're already thinking about what it's going to look like for them in 10 and 20 years. So maybe they should be out talking amongst themselves around the world, collaborating, communicating about how to get ready for when it's their turn instead of infantilizing them because that's what we like to do. We like to infantilized kids until we until they're bad and then they're terrible mm-hmm. you know it's no credit for their things until you know you know we absolutely want to oh they're so great in this speech and then otherwise they suck it's like what is the in-between here mm-hmm. you know who, what are we raising what are we trying to promote and then we get upset when adults don't have any kind of groundedness or self sense of self because there was nothing put into them as children mm-hmm. So I agree with everything you're both saying. Also, I will also just throw in for balance that a lot of super spreader events are happening in universities. So those mm-hmm. aren't teenagers. Those aren't fifth house kids. I don't think that would count as, as fifth house anymore because they're like young, very young adults. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there's clearly something that happens in the gap there. And maybe to both of your points, like if we gave children more respect and more autonomy then they wouldn't have to rebel so aggressively the first chance they get and um i think that there's there's a lot to explore there and i wish i thought this chart would achieve that i don't know that i do but um but this is so thought-provoking and good lastly we have the sixth house and the sixth house has to do with public health or sickness the national services Army, Navy, civil services or servants of the country, workers and employees in general. In my chart, I have the sixth house with Libra on the cusp. And Libra is ruled by Venus in the ninth house. Venus is in Capricorn conjunct Pluto. Um, and actually Venus, I think is probably the best aspected planet in this whole joint. Yeah. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Venus, I'm like, all right, Venus, aside from Pluto <laughs> <laughs> being big and threatening, uh, Venus talks to Neptune by sextile because Neptune is in Pisces in the 11th house for me. And then Venus also talks to who else? She does a trine, trine to the ascendant and a very loose trine to Mars and Uranus. And so I was thinking if well, if well aspected, this shows prosperity for the working class, contentment, absence of discord, settlement of strikes is fortunate for businesses, for employment and the health of the nation and satis- satisfactory and overall. And I was thinking, you know, again, the Green New Deal, something you have to come up with something to kind of get things going. Um, I do think there could be some international support from Venus in the ninth house. Maybe our allies will be like, welcome back. Hey, like you want to mm-hmm. do some trade like hey what's going on um and just kind of the general well-being being like getting people back to work and having more confidence in what they're doing uh i think that was it that i kind of saw from venus in that position but i can't be sure but yeah you guys go ahead i guess the only thing that i would add to that is just like thinking about uh the essential workers you know um the people who 
have been on the front line since this whole pandemic began. I think we need to uh, take care of them, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I think that, and when I think about that, I also think about like, um, you know, the nurses and the doctors who are, you know, busting their asses right now, trying to save people, you know, and trying to keep people alive. Like, I think it's not only just about the recognition of like how hard these people are working, but I definitely think it should be like pay, you know, pay them. Mm-hmm. And then the other part of it is also about like, stay your asses home, man. <laughs> like, you know, like, it's not just about like, oh, I'm having this great time. But, you know, these people who are essentially working on fumes, you know, nurses who are essentially having to step in and be the family for these people because they can't see their families and having to have patients die on them day after day after day, it, it, it's just too much. And so, you know, when we think about our essential workers, I think it's also about the kindness. And that's what I think about that Neptune hmm. being there. You know, here in New York City, I know like over, uh, actually not only just in New York City, but like across the country, like remember over Christmas holiday, we had um, all those packages that were getting stuck and lost and people getting upset with postal workers and like, you know, FedEx and things like that. And it's like, I get it, you know, on the one hand, you know, the post office definitely needs, you know, like infrastructure, it it all boils down to infrastructure, you know, and the the leadership. But at the same time, you have these people who are busting their asses trying to make sure they get packages and doing things on time. And it's like, they they need some kindness too for me, like when I get things delivered now and things like that, I mean, I always have, but I really make it a business, make it my business to be like, thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, like if, especially if they, they, if they're coming to the door and they're handing it to me, like, thank you very much. <laughs> because like, honestly, I just think about like having to run around and, and, and expo- you know, the, 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 the exposure, it's, it's just a lot. So anyway, saying all to say is like, I think that we need to look out for are people who are on the front lines, not only just in terms of, you know, like, oh, these guys are working hard, but like to actually do it through the humanity. Mm. Yeah. You know, my chart is really different than both of your charts. Um, And so I have a different take. I have Virgo on that sixth house cusp and I have Libra intercept. And I've been using the term intercept in case you don't know, an interception is when you have a full 30 degrees of a zodiac sign in a house, but that zodiac sign is not on either house cusp, the enter or the exit house uh, cusp. And so I have Libra intercept the sixth. And so it does suggest a slightly more sinister take on what both of you are saying. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise, surprise. That's my take. It's more sinister. Um, But it it does suggest that um, we are not going to value uh, the essential service workers from the capital to the hospitals to, you know, delivery people, et cetera, um, the grocery stores. To me, this is, there's an implication of a risk around the economy. So it's as we were talking about earlier, how like this really happy Venus in this otherwise afflicted and tragic chart, Venus is like sextile Neptune, trying the ascendant. And it's, there's a concern that I have around the ruling classes feeling like everything is fine. Why are they complaining? And um, us having a lot of lip service, but people actually not getting the care they need in terms of, you know, stimulus support, in terms of services and and resources and all of that and when we deal with libra we are dealing with more of the interpersonal side of venus as opposed to taurus but much like i look at the second house as values based i do see that uh libra is associated with kind of who we value and how we treat each other and having it intercept in this place of like the worker right and of physical health um in the context of a covid 
time is certainly concerning to me. And I wish that I was more excited about those beautiful Venus aspects. I want to be, <laughs> but I, I worry that it's like, you know, it, there's not enough supporting it. You know, there's, mm. there's nothing else in the chart that's like a big thumbs up. And so I, I worry that it's just going to be like well-rounded propaganda yeah. um, mm. instead mm. of action, you know, and, and follow through. And, you know, I would love to be wrong about that. Um, but um, an intercepted Libra is is not it's not it's not what a girl wants to see any more than, you know, having Taurus kind of half in the first house, half in the 12th. Neither of these things are super exciting in terms of economy stuff. That is my take on that. I, I will also just add one more thing, which is because Libras intercept, I've got, you know, almost uh, half of Virgo in that sixth house and the first 10 degrees of Scorpio in that sixth house. Mm -hmm. And so it needs room for within the course of the, you know, the inauguration and the, the first year of this presidency, um, whoever becomes president, uh, sorry, not to be grim, but um, I, I think that there's, there's a lot of concern for the care of human bodies and a diversity of human bodies. And, and, you know, th there's a lot more I could say about that, but uh, to keep it succinct, I think there's, there's going to be, a lot more conversation or, or need for conversation around how we care for different kinds of bodies, you know, and that might be because of the, the vaccine and how it impacts certain bodies versus others. Um, I don't know, but, but I do have concern around it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Ever the optimist. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else to add back up? No, I, I think, I think, um, I think this has been a great discussion and um, it's not over. <laughs> no. Oh, it's before you wrap up, before you wrap, I wanted to add one thing about that Venus. I was Go thinking ahead. with the ninth house conjunct Pluto, like you said, Jessica, around propaganda. Mm. And I was thinking this because Kamala Harris's uh, son is in Libra, correct? Um, oh, yes, she's a Libra son yeah. opposite Aries moon. In my chart that I have for her, her son falls into the fifth house. And I was thinking that a lot of her work might be around messaging and propaganda, mm. but having it be reversed to kind of, you know, do other things aside from sink the nation into fascism. <laughs> the thing too is like thinking about the sixth house being led by this Venus in the ninth house conjunct Pluto is powerful advocacy for the worker. Mm. Where I'm thinking that after, especially nurses and doctors and everything that's happened, having them come up, but like, listen, we can't do this again. You can't be out here running around, you know, we have to do no harm and yet you are causing all the harm and we're here with the results of it, you know, because so many of them have died. So many essential workers have died. So I definitely feel like in the future, going forward, there might be strong advocacy groups for essential workers and others who are like, we are not repeating this ever again. And here's why. Mm. 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 Here's to some fucking debt forgiveness for everyone who's been an yes. essential worker through the <sighs> pandemic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel yeah. like if the three of us were president, things would go a lot better. Dude, yes. we'd be rocking this shit. We <laughs> <laughs> <I> really would. Healing <laughs> hearts and shaking hands and, you know, we'd be Come doing on. it. The Biden administration should hire us to help them out because we'd be like, listen, we could head off a lot of nonsense if we yes. just look at the sky and say, hey, it's not as fairy as, it's not as airy fairy and loving as you think, but we can carve some good stuff out of the crisis. We can carve some good stuff out of the chaos, but it's going to take work and focus. I mean, I feel like we should just let the Biden administration know we are open for hire to combat nonsense. Yes. yes. I feel like yes. that's, that seems, that seems like we should get a business card. I feel, I feel good about just that. for hire. Yeah. The wise magi, the three magi. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we come with frankincense to fumigate. Come. <laughs> 
Oh man, this has been wonderful. I'm I'm so glad that we got together to have this discussion. Like I said, um, it's not over. We have a part two coming soon. Jessica is going to come back and sit with us, and we're going to go through the rest of the houses, houses seven through twelve, and talk a little bit more about that in terms of what we see and more advising of the Biden administration. And Jessica, anything you want to leave folks with before we wrap oh, up? No, I've had such a fantastic time, and I'm just so excited. We're going to you know, that you can't get rid of me, that basically I'm going to become a barnacle on your side now. Um, Yeah, I mean, honestly, just what I want to leave you with is the knowledge that I'll be back. Um, Yes. Thanks for having me. It's, it's, I'm so thrilled that we've gotten to have this conversation. And um, I love that we have three different house systems. And it's so fascinating to see when we're in the same houses and when we're not and, and how it influences our interpretation. So, yay. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, we will be back soon with a part two on this discussion. Yeah, we'll we'll see you. Stay stay safe, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Happy inauguration week. Yeah. (laughs) 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 It's Gotham City now. Oh my God. Yeah. I love how every time one of us say happy inauguration, we all start like freaking out. (laughs) Wedding, full body sweat. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. All right. More soon. Thanks so much for, for all of this. Thank you. Bye, guys. Love you. Bye. Every year they say the end is near.